hundred females that were there at the store. Why? Because I've spent time with her. I know how she's going to, to respond. I know how she's going to act and what she's going to say. The closer you are to Jesus, the more you will know his voice and not fall to the deception of those that are all around. Jesus warned us that in those days, in these final days, there's going to be many who come to try to deceive and even later on to even be a lot. And so that means even those that know him, that have won, that, that have accepted his salvation on the cross for their sins and, and asked for forgiveness, even though some of those will fall away because they don't clearly know his voice. If a sheep can know a shepherd's voice by the time that a shepherd spends with the sheep, then how can we know Jesus' voice is by spending the amount of time that we spend with him? One could say that the more time you spend with
that, then you most likely will at some point. Somebody will hate you or not like you or have a problem with you because you are a Christian. If you live your life like you are following Christ, then you're going to be at odds with many people in this world. One could even say that if you haven't come to that place where people are at odds with you because of your faith, and maybe you're not living your faith the way that you need to be, you look more like the world instead of more like Christ, and therefore you're looking like them, and therefore they're accepting you instead of you looking like Christ, and they should be hating you. But either way, I'm not going to judge you on those. You can judge yourself on that, understand where you need to be. But we are fast approaching this time when many, Jesus actually said that he will be handed over and persecuted and put to death, and he will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and, and will betray and hate each other. It's a countless number of people I have seen have fallen away from the faith. We all probably know someone in here that has turned away. Maybe it's because something's at church or someone inside the church is gone. Maybe it's because they have just got tired of waking up on Sunday morning and they stopped going to church. You know, uh, I think it's Mercy Me uh, came up with a wonderful song called The Slow Faith. You know, and it was really about it, the, the, the song was about um, you know, the slow fate of, of affairs and those types of things. And, but, but honestly, the slow fate happens in all of us. When we stop reading scripture, when we stop going to church, when we stop interacting with those that fill up our faith instead of carrying it down, what happens is that we start to slowly fade away. It is why we as pastors get concerned when someone misses a week or two weeks or three weeks. It starts with that. It starts with just missing one easy week of missing prayer time of missing, saying your prayers, of, of coming and interacting with someone. It starts with that because then it becomes easy. It's why we get so concerned when someone starts making choices of, I'm going to go to a sporting event instead of going to church on Sunday morning. It's why we care, because it's those, that slow thing that comes away from that, that deception that starts to happen. We are in a time when many will turn away from their faith and will betray and hate each other. It's amazing to be Today that, that so many Christians and so many churches don't like each other. I'm, I'm honored to have a, a friend and a fellow pastor here with us listening to this. It's a testament to the relationship, well, first of all, it's a testament to the time of church with you, but it's also a testament to the relationship we have. Our churches do so much together that I'm yeah. honored to do that, to be part of that. I love that. That's, that's what Christ calls us. But this is this isn't something that's happening everywhere. In fact, many churches are not liking each other. In fact, many churches are looking at the odds of different beliefs and theology and many things that are going on in the world around us. In fact, many denominations are falling apart because they can't agree on theology. This verse is coming true today. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. It's interesting that the increase of wickedness is going to cause most of other people to grow cold. You'd think it would be reversed, but what happens is that you begin uh, being numb to everything that's going on, and it causes you to fall away from your faith, and you become, uh, oh, what doesn't matter? The world's all going to help you. I heard that uh, this week. You know, I have uh, been encouraging someone to come to church or go to church, and, and the, the person just flips the lip at me. I thought, I don't know about you, but I'm not. I know where I'm going. See, the truth will set you free, but the truth isn't always free. The 
truth that Jesus brings to us is going to have a cost. It's recording there. And I want to encourage you today not to fall to the deceiving ways of the world around us, but understand that sometimes your truth that you follow, the truth of Jesus Christ, is going to cause you to have to pay a price. Now, in all due respect to my brothers and sisters across this world who are giving their life and giving all that they own to persecution, the persecution that you and I are facing today in this world is not really persecution. It's a hindrance. But there are people across the, across the world that are losing their lives and dying because of their faith. And so when we say, I'm being persecuted because someone called me a holy ruler or someone uh, is persecuting me because I'm going to church, that's not persecution at all. Sorry to say. I mean, that's a hindrance and, and, a, and, a, and a disappointment. But one day that might happen here in this country. In fact, I believe it will come one day that we're going to have to make a decision who we follow. Jesus warns us that we're going to be persecuted for our faith. He also warns us that many false prophets are going to appear and deceive many people. My point of doing this whole sermon series today, or, or, or over the last few weeks, have been that we don't become deceived, that we don't fall away, that we understand who the truth is, the way, the truth, and the life. It is Jesus that led us core, and if we follow him, we won't be deceived by anyone else, and that we'll only be following him if our eyes are fixed upon him. I used to have this conversation with a co-worker, and we would, uh, you know, at lunchtime when I was in the business school, we would drive and we'd go down the road and we'd drive through the road and we'd be driving, I would drive and he would drive and we'd be driving down the road and he'd be like, whoa, check her out. He'd be doing one of these things, right? And I said, I don't see anyone, and I'm just keeping my eyes fixed in front of me. And he's like, why are you doing that? It's because I only have one woman in my life. My eyes are fixed upon her, and I don't allow my wandering eyes to wander somewhere else. Because if I allow my eyes to wander somewhere else, guess what? I can be deceived by the beauty of something else. My eyes are fixed on the one that's the most beautiful person in the whole world. Sorry, any ladies that are in the room. I'm not speaking any negatively to you. My wife is the most beautiful thing in the whole entire world. And my eyes are fixed upon her and only her. And you all need to know her because she's not in here right now. But I said that. I need to score some points here, right? Help me out. I'll throw it out, HBO, come on. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is if our eyes are fixed on Jesus, if we're so focused on him, we can't be deceived by anything else that's going on around us. If our eyes, if we know him like we know the alphabet, if we know him like we know our focus, if we know him like I said last week, like we know the movie lyrics, if we know him like we know song lyrics, if we know him as well as we know those things, and our eyes are so fixed upon him, then we're not going to be deceived by the things around us. Because we're going to be slacking noise that doesn't make sense. That we're going to hear that noise and say, yeah, that's not Jesus. This is Jesus. I know who he is. When Satan comes and begins to try to twist the truth of who Jesus is, and begins to twist scripture even in his own right, and tries to get you to understand something, you can say, nope, my eyes are fixed upon him. I know what he says. This is what he says. When we focus on him, we'll do what we need to do. I want to give you some practical steps to know the truth. So that every Sunday, you can judge me and whether I'm doing my job correctly. No, I'm kidding. I'm giving you these steps so that you can know 
how and what is the truth? You know, I've gotten this question before, and it's like, I'm, if I listen to this on YouTube, is it, is it going to be the truth? No, let me tell you right now, every pastor that's on YouTube is not speaking the truth. I just want to tell you. Just because they have the name as pastor, right, doesn't make them ordained and to make them speak to the truth that is actually in the scripture. And so one, when I go over this with people, they ask me all the time, well, how do I know what is the truth and what's not the truth? Well, first of all, again, if your eyes are fixed upon Jesus, when you hear someone say something that's not true, you'll know that. But the very first step that I want you to follow when you're trying to understand what is the truth and what is not the truth is to make sure that does this line up with Scripture? Does this really, does Scripture really say this? Read it. Read it for yourself. See, the problem with this is that too many Christians, again, come to church on Sunday morning but never have opened up their Bible at all during the week. The only time they read Scripture is when the pastor puts it up on the screen on Sunday morning. What I want to encourage you to do is open this up. Read it. Make, let it make a difference inside of your life. Know it. Digest it. Eat it. It's the bread of life. It's supposed to be eaten daily. Not just when you feel like it. Not just when you want to fall asleep at night. Not just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mary. That wasn't that for you, by the way. But no, we're supposed to read this. It's supposed to digest it. We're supposed to digest it. Take it in and read it. Let the words change us. We're supposed to read it daily. So when you hear someone saying something, when you hear someone saying something about this is what God says, or this is what the Bible says, you ever ask them, does the Bible, where in the Bible does it say that? I want to go read I want to read it myself. When I stand up here on Sunday morning, I want you to go home and read it for yourself. Because see, the, this, is, this, is, this is called the living word of God. The living word of God is living inside of me, and it makes a difference inside of me. But the living word of God is also going to be living inside of you. That's going to make a difference inside of you. So you can read it. Uh, uh, line of scripture, and it may not mean a thing to me because it doesn't. It does, I don't. I don't compute, right? I don't. It doesn't. I have oh, a right with you It's not. I'm not walking your journey. You are, and so the scripture that may move you doesn't quite move me in the same way at this time. Maybe sometime later in my life it's going to move me. But we 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 have to digest this. We have to read it. We have to understand it. So my question always starts with: Does it line up? One of the biggest mistakes we make is not checking with what the Word of God says about that subject or about what that person is saying. Please, please make sure everything lines up with Scripture. Number two, is this something that Jesus said or something that Jesus did? You know the famous WWJP, right? What would Jesus do? We have we have applied that to many different things in our lives. And people go out and go, what would Jesus do in this situation? Well, guess what? Read scripture will tell you exactly what he would do in that situation. Flip the table. He would spit in someone's eye and then blood in your eyes. No, I'm kidding, don't do that. Flip the table. Even though Jesus did that, that's not something that you should do. You probably wouldn't work out so well. But Jesus loves people. He wants the people. So what we have to understand is that just because someone is saying you know, the truth is also to ask, is Jesus speaking of those things? Did he do those things? Number three. This is the word, is the word 
that this person is speaking pulling you closer or further away from Christ in the gospel of Jesus. Jesus would never say a word that pulls you away from him. Jesus would never say a word that causes this, this opposition, if you will, between him and his father. He said, as you look upon me, you look upon my father. You have never seen God, yes, you have you. So the question is, is the words that you're reading, is the word that you're hearing pulling you away or further away from the gospel, the truth? Any message that doesn't push or support the gospel, the gospel is the salvation message of Jesus Christ, the good news that he brings to us, should be thrown out immediately. You should not allow someone to have dominion over your mind or accept words that they're saying, if it's something that is contrary to gospel and contrary to what the scripture says. Number four, does this person teach or say these things that are saying these things exhibit the quality of life that Jesus would want us to live? I have known many wonderful, uh, almost said Rob Bell, God. But I'm not going to go there, right? But there are many good speakers, many good preachers who still have just a wonderful gift of standing in front of people and sharing the gospel and sharing the truth, and it comes out fluently and sounds so beautiful. But their life does not fulfill the qualities that would be Jesus' life. It would not be following and doing what Jesus called them to do. My question for you is: You should never listen to someone who says this is what Jesus does, and then make them go and live that lifestyle. These words are meant to change us and for us to live in a byproduct. And so in order to know the truth, in order to make sure that we're not allowing the truth to be twisted or changed inside of us, that we have to live like Jesus would live, and we listen to those that live like Jesus. I'm not standing up here by any means saying that I'm a theologian and I know everything, because I don't. There are many things I still grasp, uh, I don't grasp it, but I grasp or, or I struggle with in terms of scripture. I still and reading scripture, and I still read it, and I get so excited about something, because I'm like, wow, that's awesome, and, 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 it's, and it's working inside of me, and I, and I, I wrestle with, and I pull apart, and I try to understand what it says. But most importantly to me, when I read something in scripture, I ask myself, am I living the way that Jesus would want me to live? And often that, sometimes, not often, hopefully not often, but sometimes that answer is no, and I have to change, and I have to apologize, and I have to work it question that we should ask ourselves is when we hear a message, when someone is coming up, someone who stands up and says, I have a word from the Lord. And this is, thus say the Lord, and the Lord says this, and, and you should look at them and say, did Jesus really say that? Does it align with what's happening in Scripture? Now listen, I'm just talking about living your life prophetically also. You know, we are a church that believes in the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of them is prophetically, but everything, when we talk about those gifts of the Holy Spirit, align also with scripture. Nothing should be out of the scripture. Nothing should be given. The Lord is not going to tell you something that's not in scripture. I can tell you that right now. The Holy Spirit is not going to reveal something inside of you that hasn't already been revealed in scripture. If you come to me and say, I have something that no one else has ever said, and it's here in scripture, and I'm going to define what scripture says, I'm going to look at you and say, um, it's been 2,000 years, and 
really smart people, but people on here haven't already figured out what the Lord is going to say to you. Not to say that the Lord might be something different inside of you, but there's nothing new under the sun. It's scripture, but scripture is here. It's in the moment. It's understanding it's here today. Jesus didn't leave us alone, he gave us intelligence and wisdom. In fact, he gave the Holy Spirit to bring us wisdom. As he was leaving this earth, he, he, he said to his, uh, his disciples that the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to come in wisdom and knowledge and bring you all of those things. We walk with that today. We walk with the Holy Spirit who gives us his wisdom and knowledge. This is important, though, for us today. I want to tell you, and I want to uh, in, in a moment, I'm going to let Matthew 24 give us the last warning. The rest of Matthew 24 we'll read. But I want to tell you it's important today because there are many outside, many churches, many good people, many things. Again, we have asked, we have our hands, our, our fingertips, are at the tip of anything we want. We get information on anything. Google is amazing thing. I learned how to, uh, to fix my mower on Google. Yeah. I had no idea how to fix that. What was wrong with it? I just put in the problems I was having on Google, and right there it came. 50 different videos and all of these different things. Now, some of them are, were crazy. But there were a few that actually helped me and helped me identify and fix the problem on my own. Let me encourage you and say that that is true also for scripture. At your fingertips, there's millions of people, millions of things that are going to tell you how you should read and what you should read and what the scripture says. But may I give you a warning? Not everything is true. Not everything is right. Let scripture, don't get your definition of what's going on in scripture from Google, please. Please, let the word of God work inside of you. That's, you want to talk about being deceived? You can deceive quickly by just reading someone else's opinion on Facebook or on Google or wherever else you the word of God work inside of you. This is a living word. It's meant to be digested and aligned inside of you. But also, let me warn you, as we read Matthew, the rest of Matthew 24, it's important that we don't become deceived. The last portion of Matthew 24, verse 9, we started reading in verse 9, says, Then you will be handed over and be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from their faith and, be, and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. There's false prophets out there today. There's many false prophets out there today that want to deceive you. The biggest is that mistake himself. Who knows, as we said last week, knows scripture better than many of us in the church. He wants to use God's word by twisting Speaking it back to you to deceive you. But verse 13 says, But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. May I tell you that you and I have a role to play in bringing Jesus Christ back to the church for a second time? You and I, if we follow Matthew 24, the more that we share this gospel, we'll quicken Or you and I decide to share the gospel with our loved ones and stand firm, we 
difficulty ends and how many will come back again quicker. I want to end with reading the rest of Matthew 24, the reason why we have to be careful so we um, follow up with him and then afterwards we're going to come forward. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken through the prophet David, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women who are or nursing and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequal from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. In those days, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. Verse 23, and then, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to, to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is, out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is, in the inner room, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east, is visible even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and heavenly bodies will not be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. This is the end of days, the days that the Lord is May I caution you, may I encourage you today to be prepared for that day. In those days, and even in the days that we live today, there are many who are saying, as verse 24 says, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even their lives. Jesus is telling us these things ahead of time so that we can hear his voice and know his voice is May you be prepared to understand the truth. May the truth reside inside of you. May you have a relationship with Jesus so strong that nothing can pull you away. Will you stand with me, please? Today, I want to encourage you as we sing this last worship song to be prepared. Be prepared for what the Lord is going to do if we don't have a relationship with Him. To be so close to Him and to love Him and to, to, to be guided by Him that we're not allowing ourselves to be deceived from others. And so I just want to pray for you today. I want to pray for your relationship with Jesus. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you need to recommit your life to Him and recommit yourself or maybe you need to accept Him for the first time.
God. May today be that day where you have sat in him for who he is and live your life for him. If you're here today and you already have a relationship with him, then may you, may you devote your life to knowing his voice. And like the sheep in the field, may you know the shepherd's voice so clearly that even when someone who sounds a little bit like Jesus comes and says something you want me to see. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we pray for those that are in this room today that have never given their life to Christ before. May today be that day of salvation. May they accept you for who you are. May they say, forgive me of my sins. May they make you your king. Make you their king, their savior. And ask you for forgiveness of all their sins and accept you for being on the cross to pay their price. Father, I also pray for those that are here today that have never, that, that, that have made that commitment, that have said that, and have allowed themselves to drift away, Father. You kind of slip away from the truth that is you, Jesus. May you pull them back into, may they feel the love of Christ surrounding them again. May they know what the truth is. May they live the truth. May they be grasped by the truth. Father, I pray that you just bring us all into that relationship. With you. And we know that you are the truth, the way the truth is life, and we follow you through our days, not being deceived and not allowing the, the truth to be twisted.